0: It may be approaching the latter stages of September, but for some reason, it feels like the middle of July, walking around outside, David. We talked about, you know, we're going to eventually get to the 60s and there's going to be this crisp breeze and it's going to feel like fall. I think we'll eventually get there. Maybe we'll talk about that some today. But
1: Can can I tell you something that I haven't told you before? (laughs) Go ahead. I have heard a lot of positive reviews about this podcast. I've heard one negative review, and it's from a person very close to me, and he or she, I won't say which, this person told me, guess what the criticism was?
0: You talk too much about the weather? Exactly. Really?
1: <laughs> yes, literally this person said, I love the podcast, but why do you guys talk about the weather so much? They were like, why are you guys obsessed with fall weather? And then you don't run this opening by me, and then you just start going on about the weather. <laughs> they, they we're playing right into the negative critics' hands. <laughs> it's not a good hey, start. Hey, Part I. wonders if we need to just scrap it and just start over.
0: I continue to live by... All feedback is good <laughs> feedback. I appreciate the feedback. Okay, well, we need to stop
1: talking about the weather so much. Okay. Although I will say it's super hot outside, and I don't like it. When we're it, painting a picture. When it hits September, it should be—I'm trying to think—63 degrees.
0: And we're going to get there later this week, and it's coming. No, but
1: it's so hot right I now. I know. I hate it. It makes no sense. I hate it.
0: Yeah. So anyway, folks, so glad um, that you are flying with us. We Hope will you not are.
1: talk about the weather for the rest of this episode. <laughs> Maybe.
0: Well, I'm not going to promise that. Yeah, we might. We might. Hope you're enjoying the view from the sky, Ryan, alongside David. David, how are you on this homecoming week? How about that? Fire it up. Let's go.
1: Exactly. You and I are both alumni, Ryan. So it's homecoming week that gets us uh, fired up. Yeah. And honestly, Ryan, we got a lot of Northwestern Athletics action this week for the homecoming. So the alumni coming back, they're going to have a lot of Eagle Athletics to watch. Some of it on the road. So yes, you will have to follow along online, UNWEagles.com, score updates, social media, those types of things. But we have a lot of teams at home for homecoming too. So we're gonna talk a lot about that going forward on today's episode as well. Um, But also, not only is it homecoming week, not only are there a bunch of big matchups this week, last week, Ryan, that was a week to remember in a lot of ways.
0: Yeah, you know, in news so often they say, David, let's just bury the lead. Let's talk about the other stuff and we'll weave it in there. No, we can't wait any longer. The elephant is in the room. You see the elephant over there in the corner. Like, we got to get to it eventually. Come on, we're not waiting any longer.
1: Yeah, there are certain criteria that if you do X, Y, Z, you get to be talked about first. And when you beat... (laughs) Three top 10 teams in one week. Yeah. You get to be talked about first on the podcast. Oh, yeah. Is that fair? I mean, when yes. you beat eight, nine, and five. When
0: you raise the eyebrows across UNW Nation and across the whole country. Across the country. You got to talk about it.
1: You got to talk about it. Northwestern volleyball, they start their week off. They beat Crown. And then the gauntlet starts, running. We yep. talked about it last weekend. Three top 10 teams. Never in Northwestern history. I, I, I can't confirm this because I haven't looked. But I don't think any Northwestern team has ever played three top ten teams in the country in one week. I honestly wonder around the country how often that's happened.
0: We, I mean, know it, we know no Northwestern team ever has beaten three top ten teams in one week. That is a first.
1: For sure. And I don't think they've ever even played, the, yeah. uh, to be honest with you. I'm, I'm going to go out on that limb. Okay. You know, it, it might not be accurate, but I, it <laughs> seems so likely that I'm going to say it like it's fact. Yep. No Northwestern team's ever played three top ten teams in a week, let alone beat them all. Ryan, why don't you just kind of set the stage of what this – Number seven in the country right now. But as we are recording this episode, the rankings are going to be coming out. The September 20th, week four, AVCA Top 25 Coaches Poll will be coming out either during this episode or right after this episode. So I'm going to keep checking. Yeah. Northwestern's not going to be seven. I mean, We yep. know that. That's what they were last week. They could be as high. They could be as high as one, to be honest. I mean, yeah. I, my guess, and I told you this off the air, My guess is they might be number three in the country. That's going to be my official guess. Um, But we're going to keep our eye on that. We'll update
0: the listeners. It could be breaking news later on in this pod. That would be
1: exciting. We've done a lot of things on this podcast, eight (laughs) episodes in. We've never broken news.
0: Yeah. And you're so, going to keep... You have it on your phone. You're going to hit refresh at least every 90 seconds?
1: Well, I've already hit it uh, 72 <laughs> times during this episode. <laughs> so how often is that? That's probably like once every five seconds. Yeah. You so, you
0: just start waving your hands if, uh, if the news comes in. But as you were saying, David... Yeah, why don't
1: you set the stage for what this number seven in the country team did this yes, last week, Ryan?
0: Yes, so... Tuesday the 13th, you mentioned they take down Crown. They move to 2-0 in UMAC play. But then the gauntlet begins, as you mentioned, with multiple top-10 matchups ahead. Gustavus inside of the Erickson Center. Great atmosphere Tuesday night. And it was dominant from the jump. I mean, that first set, it was like, <laughs> okay, statement made. We ain't messing around.
1: That, that was – I, I... – I, I just haven't seen anything like that. A number seven versus number eight, and you just absolutely jump on them. 25 nine. It was nine, 25 yeah. to nine. I mean, you beat not very good teams like 25 to 13. Yeah. And Gustavus is really, really, really good. They had just beaten UW Eau Claire. Yeah. The, the defending champions, the yeah. uh, preseason number one. They had just beaten them last They're week. They're no slouch. They're, <laughs> Gustavus is a really, really good volleyball team. And Northwestern 25-9, to nine. that was like in the Erickson Center, it was like, what is going on? Yeah. Like, this can't be real, but it was very real. So statement made, like you said, Ryan, yeah. from the first set.
0: little closer the next two, 25-21, 25-18, but there was never really any doubt. I don't know if you would agree with that, David, but just watching in that gym, it was like, we were always in control. Like, Gustavus raised their level a little bit, but as soon as they did that, as soon as it felt like they maybe had a little momentum, Northwestern says, all right, let's pull it back onto our end. There was never any doubt they were going to win that one in straight sets.
1: Yeah, set two, if I remember correctly, was the closest, you know, 25-21. And just looking at it, Gustavus did jump out to a...
0: 9-7 lead, yeah. Yeah,
1: 9-7 lead, and and they led a little bit, I mean... It was a little bit closer kind of throughout. So that's the only one where you were kind of like, okay, first set was dominant. Here comes Gustavus. But again, Northwestern pulled away at the end of the set. And then, which kind of is a a theme throughout the week, we'll keep talking about. But really, Ryan, to your point, I mean, it it never really was like, oh, Northwestern's in danger of losing. And just the eye test, Northwestern looked like the better team. And and that's the way it ended up playing out, a 3-0 win over the number eight team in the country. But, Ryan, to beat a top 10 team in your own gym in front of a packed house, which, shout out, UNW Nation was loud. It was a whiteout. Yeah. It was hard to hear. It was energetic. Um, I think it really inspired Northwestern's performance. But to do that in your own gym in front of those fans is one thing. To then go on the road and play, you know, miles and miles from home, like a long 8-, 9-, 10-hour bus trip to Holland, Michigan – and play the number five team in the country, Calvin, and then play number nine, Hope, who ended your season last year. To beat Gustavus in your own gym is one thing, but to go down and beat those teams in their home state is a whole other thing.
0: Absolutely. Couldn't have said it better myself. It all started off Friday night against Calvin, and Northwestern was ready for it, to say the least, getting off the bus. Uh
1: well, yeah, yes. Go ahead. Well, sorry, yeah. Well, why don't you, you finish your sentence. You finish but what you were gonna say.
0: You're so you're totally right, David, with the look that you gave me because early you maybe had questions. It wasn't just a first set L. Yeah. It was twenty five f- thirteen, Calvin.
1: F- for sure. And it kind of reminded me as I was watching it online. I did not sadly make the trip to, to <laughs> Michigan, but online I was watching it. I mean, it felt a little bit like what Northwestern did to Gustavus in the first set. Uh, you know, again, we talked about 25-9. Calvin beats Northwestern 25-13. And it just was like, man, like, the level doesn't totally look the same here. And yeah. obviously, Northwestern flipped that script. But in the first set, Northwestern struggled to, like, return serves. Calvin was just clicking. I mean, they were on sure. fire, similar to what Northwestern did to Gustavus in the first set. But then set to just an unbelievable response. And Northwestern, it was so cool to see. When you're so good and so dominant, you wonder what it's going to look like when you hit adversity. And Northwestern had not hit a lick of adversity coming yeah. into this weekend. Right? I mean, w- when you don't lose a set all season,
0: I mean, you, well, you really it, haven't faced the only a lot one, of adversity. The only one they dropped against Grinnell or whoever it was, this is the first time all year they trailed in a match. Yeah. And it's against the number five team in the country, a far, far place away from home.
1: Exactly. And and for Northwestern to lose 25-13 to the number five team in the country and not just lose, but really, really struggle. And then to come back and you beat the number five team in the country, 25-15 and set two, that tells me that this Northwestern team has it. You know, whatever it is, like they have it. They yeah. are tough. They're resilient. They're mentally... Um, strong. I mean, they're physically yeah. strong. So it, that was really, really impressive to me. Now, beating the number eight team in the country, 3-0, and dominating them, that's really, really impressive to me. This, in some ways, is more impressive. Like, man, you just got kind of, I hate to say it, kind of dominated in They set took a one strong right hook. It's yeah. a number five in the country, yeah. and that's how you respond. And you just straight dominate the next two sets. You go up 2-1. Now, set four was an instant classic, Ryan. spine tingler. And, and you can talk a little bit about that.
0: Yeah, well, and I want you to jump in whenever because I had other engagements this weekend. So I, unfortunately, was not able to tune in. I was checking my phone, though, as often as I could. And when I saw the final <laughs> score, I was I was pumped up where I was at. But at 29-27, I mean, that's, yeah. that's about as good so, as it can get. So,
1: Ryan, a- again, t- to fill you in, Northwestern, let's look at the play-by-play here because I don't want to screw this up. Set four was incredible. Northwestern was completely in control down the stretch and they led 24 to 18. Yeah. And then Calvin, that's, that's match point. The number, <laughs> thank you. <laughs> <laughs> For those of you who have never heard of the sport of volleyball, they play the hey, 25. Just try to help out. They just try to help 25. the folks out. So it's 24 to 18. Northwestern needs one more point to beat the number five team in the country. Three sets to one. What does the number five team in the country, Calvin do? They just rattle off a 6-0 run and tie this thing at 24. And at that point, again, I never lost faith because I believe in this Northwestern team. I think they're, in my opinion, they're the best team in the country. I love them. I mean, I'm completely on their bandwagon. So I never lost faith. But I'm sitting there thinking, okay, the number five team in the country just came from 24-18. They have now a chance to tie this thing at 2 I don't necessarily want to go to a fifth set no. with a top five team in the country and they have all the momentum. So I'm kind of sitting there a little nervous. Then it just went back and forth. Northwestern always kind of would get that first point in the tie. So they always kind of had it at match point. And Calvin just was completely resilient and resilient, and resilient until finally Northwestern put him away at 29, 27. It was an Ari Schmidt kill that finally was the deciding blow. So just a really, really fun fourth set to watch.
0: This stat sheet, too, when I looked at this Friday night after is over, I mean, a, a ton of things stick out, okay? I mean, you obviously have to have some dominant performances to beat the number five team in the country, to do it in four sets. Abby continues her dominant stretch. She leads the way with 17 kills. Ari not far behind with 16, and Gabby has 13. But look at – I always look at defensively, David. I mean – Not saying she's incapable. I'm not saying any of that. But as far as players that we've seen to have big defensive performances, we've seen Kiera Brown in the middle. We know what Marliani's capable of in the middle. They're both taller players. How about Kendra Hardy, the senior, who's been counted on so many times in her career to get it done offensively? Five blocks to lead the team.
1: It's impressive. Uh, Yeah. Second on the team, maybe. Marliani oh, at six. Oh, sorry, sorry. Thank there you, you. go. Yeah, Marliani yes, at yes. six. But yeah, to your point, right there Ron, near the top. Always yes. an offensive player. Um, yeah, a ton of blocks, and I'm just so impressed with the depth of this Northwestern team. I just have never seen a volleyball team with this many weapons. And Northwesterns had some really, really, really good teams with a lot of really, really good players. But defensively, they're so solid. And you've talked about the versatility. It's just such a weapon for Northwestern. They never have to take. These offensive weapons out because they're so good on the back line digging things out. And, man, you just listen to these weapons. Abby Glanzer, Gabby Straub, Kendra Hardy, Ari Schmidt, Marliani. I mean, Kira Brown. I mean, it's just it's crazy how many offensive weapons the Eagles have.
0: And then the compliments. I mean, we probably don't talk enough about, okay, Sydney Twitter, she's impossible to replace, okay? I hate when people say, like, well, how do you fill their shoes? Well, you can't. But how do you find a way to step in and fill that production, if you will? I think you like that term as a basketball coach. But what Hannah Gadiot and Grace Strickfaden, Grace Strickfaden, excuse me, have done together—both as sophomores—stepping into that role, it's not easy. And they're no. just taking it on the chin and saying, "No problem. We're going to set up our teammates left and right and make this thing happen."
1: They've been really good. I, they have not gotten as much credit as they deserve. Grace Strickfaden was named the Umax Setter of the Week this week, so it's good to see her finally get. Some of the credit that she's due. She had twenty-five assists in this game. Hannah Gadian had twenty. So both of them did exactly what they need to do. And um, yeah, they've just done an unbelievable job at coming in. And I think what's nice for them is they have so much experience around them. You know, yep. they they've not played a lot of college volleyball coming into this season, but everyone around them has. You got yes. Marilyn Schroyer next to you, you got Abby Glanzer, Kendra Hardy, Gabby Strav, a lot of experienced players around you which I think is really helping these young setters. And, yeah, it was just a huge win on Friday night. It was it was a statement. It was huge. And then you kind of wondered, you know, you beat Calvin. You're probably going to roll Clarkson is what you're thinking Friday night. Yeah. And then even if you lose to Hope, you've now beaten two top ten teams. Yes, yeah. and
0: you say it was a really good week. You had
1: another win over Clarkson, another win over Crown, so you go 4-1 and one in the week. Yeah. But – Beth Wilmeth and her squad and her staff were not happy with that.
0: Yeah. Well, and like you said, David, I don't think anyone saw it coming in. Nothing against Clarkson, but just what they had done in that week against the top 10 opponents, the last two they had played, taking a total of, you know, you win in straights and then you win in a four set match. You're taking six out of seven of the last sets you've played. And then, Clarkson rolls in and you're playing Saturday morning and trying to get to sleep. I'm sure it was hard after beating Calvin and trying to calm down. Let's calm down. Let's get back on level ground and get ourselves reset. And all of a sudden you're in a five set dog fight a long ways from home on a Saturday morning.
1: <laughs> it was, it was remarkable to watch and, and Northwestern. I mean, you just can't downplay how much volleyball they had played up to that point too. I mean, they're, they're banged up and they're tired and, and, to Coach Wilman's credit, I think this was a really smart thing to do. She got a lot of players into this Clarkson game yep. to kind of just maybe soften the blow a little bit from the night before yep. and to, you know, probably save some legs for the top 10 team you're playing immediately after this game. And I just think you can't say enough about the players that really stepped up Kate Rogers, Caitlin Pruis. I mean, they came in and gave some really good production. And then, yeah, it just was. The Ari Schmidt show, again, in a lot of ways, 17 kills. But, again, four players in double-digit kills in that five-set match. Yeah. Abby Glanzer, Kendra Hardy, and Gabby Straub joining Ari Schmidt as well. So, again, Northwestern, what they really impressed me with was the way that they fought back and the resiliency that they showed. Yeah. Because and- they just hadn't faced it up until this week. Absolutely.
0: Weekend. And we can go on and on, and I like numbers a lot, and I'm sure you like numbers too, but people hear them and they're just numbers. I think what you're talking about is so much more important. How does that come to fruition? What are you coming off of? What is the uphill climb when you're so far away from home and it's already been a really tough week? And like you said, as we now move into the Hope matchup, okay, that is one that obviously lots of fans are looking forward to. It's the team who bounced you last year. They're a top-10 squad. Oh, by the way, it's in their gym. All the fans there essentially are Hope fans. And you know how good they are again.
1: And Hope didn't play at that time. Yep, they're well-rested. So that, and also as you're playing Clarkson, you look over into the stands, the Hope team is sitting there watching you. Putting their feet up, getting a good breakfast. It's like watching you play, kind of learning what you do. I mean, so it it just was was tough circumstances. And Clarkson's a a solid squad too. I was impressed with a lot of the girls they had. So again, I, I think that was a really impressive win early Saturday morning. And then in between games, it wasn't long. You kind of had 20, 30, 40 minutes to get ready. And then by, uh Oh, you're playing the number nine team in the country. So here we yeah. go.
0: But was it, uh Oh, were no. they saying, uh Oh, for very long, David?
1: Uh, no, <laughs> because again, just first uh, two, I mean, all the sets were close, uh, the first two in particular, but just dominant again. Northwestern wins 3-0. Casually sweeps another top 10 team. Casually beats their third top team 10 team of the country uh, that week. I mean, just incredible what they did. I mean, you, you you can't have a better week. If you're no. sitting out there thinking, man, I had a pretty good week last week. Uh, no, you didn't. <laughs> I'm sorry. I mean, maybe you had a fine week, an okay, an average week, but Northwestern volleyball had a good week. That yeah. is the standard for a good week, beating three top 10 teams in the country within three, four days. So- Well done to them, and and you can break down the Hope game a little bit if you want. It was close. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, a little bit of revenge from last year, ending the Eagles season in the national tournament round of 32 last season.
0: Yeah, and you jump in wherever, David, because, again, unfortunately I had prior commitments. I wasn't able to watch this one, but, I mean, it's – it is what can it was you, for. Can so-
1: you stop having a life and just dedicate hey, yourself? We're to gonna. Watch, go. We're <laughs> watching <laughs> Northwestern <laughs> for the life. few I weekends. Mean, that stop I'm it! Not calling <laughs> I mean, every single weekend you're out at Reynolds Field or in the air system <laughs> yes. calling stuff. When they're on the road, I want you dedicated, watching hey. every second. <laughs>
0: Hey, I, I was following a lot of the best I could, and we're not going to get into it, my personal give, life because no one cares. For <laughs> anyone
1: who thinks like, oh my gosh, that DP <laughs> guy's a jerk, he's giving Ryan a hard time. It, it's all in good fun, giving Ryan uh, hey, a hard time.
0: Hey, I, I understand it was a monumental weekend, and I honestly wish I could have watched more, but you know what, we'll just, we'll just leave that there. The numbers are there. I would go deep into the box score. I'm just going to turn it right back to you, David, because you were sitting there. Scratch that. You weren't sitting there. You're looking at me like, Shh, you think I sit? When we play a top 10 squad, I no. don't sit for one second. I'm standing <laughs> we had, watching. We had a,
1: okay, now you're gonna. Now it's your turn to rip me. I watched all of the Calvin game, and on Saturday, we had a Northwestern basketball. For those who don't know, I'm an assistant coach for the men's basketball team. We had a prospect camp, so we mm. had a lot of, we had a lot of kids on campus, and I was actually running that. So we get out of camp, and the Clarkson game is in the fifth set, So as we're kind of talking with the kids, I've got the score on my phone, watch and see they win, and then caught the end of the whole game. Okay, when that camp came to a close, that's so, valid. Giving you a hard, giving you a hard time, and then uh, you flipped it right back to me. I didn't know you were gonna say. Well, DP watched every second of this game. He's gonna give you an in-depth breakdown. I wasn't no. ready for that. Hey, uh, the fans, the so fans
0: listening, that. a lot of them, I'm sure, watched it, and I hope you folks at home enjoyed the matchup.
1: Twenty-eight to twenty-six in the first set. So kind of yeah. right away, you're like, all right, this is gonna be a dogfight.
0: Yeah, yeah, absolutely, and we know Hope's a great club, and I'm gonna say it right now, David. I would welcome another rematch. Let's have the rubber. They won the first one last year. Kicked us out of our season. It's all over. We win this one this year, but they're like, ah, it's in September. We'll see in November. We'll gladly see them in November. (laughs) Because guess what? If we see them in November, I bet you that's at least a Sweet 16, if not an Elite 8 matchup. That yeah. sounds tantalizing to me. Yeah, I love it. I, I love all this smoke you're talking right now. <laughs> Basically
1: calling out the whole volleyball, saying, come up to Minneapolis. No, no, I am not say
0: that. We'll play them anywhere. We'll play them in, where, where's the where's the last site this year, David? You're an elite D3 volleyball mind. Where's the elite eight into the final four, into can, the natty taking you place? Can you stop
1: making me look bad by <laughs> asking me questions I don't know? <laughs> I'm going to look it up. Being a good radio <laughs> podcast host is asking questions that your partner can answer.
0: Not, I, thought, I thought you may know. I thought there was a shot.
1: Yeah, he's supposed to throw me softballs. Not really hard questions. So, Let's Northwestern at
0: out. the end of the year, and everyone's like, don't get ahead of yourself. What's this guy talking about? Don't even mention it. End of the year. Pittsburgh. Where do you want to be? Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh. Yeah, you can the catch, UPMC a, Cooper catch a Steelers game after
1: you win the <laughs> national championship. I like that. That sounds pretty
0: good. So black we'll see, and, we'll black see in and yellow in Pittsburgh. Hope we'll see you in Pittsburgh. And That's what we're saying. Um, yeah, let's do it.
1: Um, I will say, Ryan, and again, Coach Beth Wilmoth would probably throw something at us if she heard us talking like this because she's taking it one game at a time. One thing Northwestern did this week by beating Gustavus and Calvin and Hope, they knocked off three really good Midwest teams. Yes, Ryan, the Eagles are that setting matters. they are setting themselves up to have a chance. Yes. Now again, They still play Eau Claire this season. They still play Wartburg. They still play St. Benton. They play good teams. Augsburg. They have good teams left. So we're not saying, oh, this thing's over. Northwestern still has to win these games. They still have to take care of business and conference in the conference tournament. But what Northwestern did this week by beating three really good Midwest teams is they are giving themselves a chance to host the first couple rounds of the national tournament inside the Erickson Center come early
0: November. Thank you for mentioning that, David, because it's not just beating anyone who's ranked high. It matters because they're Midwest teams and they're teams that you're going to be compared against when we get to the latter stages of October and then into early November.
1: And just like a lot of D3 sports, the Midwest is tough. I mean, again, I'm a men's basketball coach. The Midwest won the national championship like eight years in a row. And it's similar for volleyball. The Midwest is really, really good. So again, Eau Claire's still going to be in that mix. Warburg's still going to be in that mix. And again, Hope and Calvin, their seasons aren't over. I mean, they're they're still pretty good. I mean, Northwestern losing to Northwestern. There's no shame in that. No. Um, So they're still going to have a lot to say about this season too, but um, yeah, just gives you a good chance, puts you 11 games in, in a good situation, attacking the second half of this season.
0: Absolutely. They have done all they could. And then some, you could even argue through 11 games to put themselves in the best spot.
1: I agree with you. And I think we should give them one last round of applause here for this week, and then yes. we should move on. So unbelievable yep. week for Northwestern. Dare I say the greatest regular season week in Northwestern history. Are I, you?
0: You say dare. Are, are you? Yes. Is that I, what you're saying?
1: Yes. I, three <laughs> top 10 teams. I mean, you can't have a better regular season week than that. No, so, I agree with well you. Well done, Coach Wilmoth and her team. And well done, Marilyn Schroyer. As we are recording this podcast, the news has just broke that she was named the AVCA Division Three Player of the Week, Best Player of the Week in the entire country when it comes to Division Three Volleyball, only the fourth ever player in program history to be named this award. So well done. Well, Marilyn Schroyer. Uh, Yeah. Extremely well-deserved. She had 2000 digs last week. She's probably going to become the all time Northwestern digs leader soon. And now she has this to add to her resume. Does not get much more impressive as Lindsay Peterson, Abby Glanzer and Sydney Schwitters are the only other three Eagles to ever receive this award. So a pretty good club you're that's joining there. That's elite company, and yeah. <laughs> how, about, how good is Northwestern's team? Two of those four on this year's squad. So yeah. In Abby Glantz and Maryland Schroer. So that's pretty good. Pretty good. So well done to volleyball. Well done to Marilyn Schroyer. Let's move on to uh, yes. some other teams that had big weeks, Ryan.
0: Let's do it. David, last week we talked with the head coach of the men's soccer club, Greg Wheaton. And, of course, if you didn't get to watch it on YouTube – if you didn't get to listen to it, it's still there. It doesn't yeah, expire. It doesn't disappear. <laughs> it doesn't disappear.
1: And I would say if you like soccer or even if you don't yeah. and you want to learn about soccer, go back and listen to that. Ryan, yeah. The way I came in and then the way I left that conversation with Coach Wheaton, I knew more about soccer than when I had begun. He, that guy knows the game. Yeah. he's. If you're just like you love the X's and O's of sports, go listen to that conversation with Coach Wheaton because it was really smart. They opened up conference play, Ryan, with North Central. He said – he sat in this chair to my right, and he said North Central's really good. He said North Central's explosive offensively. He said we're going to have to be really, really good defensively, and they were – they just were not able to get that equalizing goal. Northwestern drops the UMAC opener 1-0 to to North Central.
0: Yeah, I'm sure there's plenty of takeaways when they watch the film for this one. And a quick plug, conference opener, Thursday night, under the lights, Reynolds Field. You all have no excuse. You have to be out there to watch that matchup against the Polars. But... That being said, in this opener, obviously they wish they could have come up with the victory. Mini versus Paul, there's always a little extra added juice. I mean, he sure. kind of alluded to it a little bit like recruiting wise when they play the North Centrals and the Martin Luther's and the Crowns of the World, all these schools in the UMAC yep. in the same type of area. That feels like there's a little more there in those matchups. For sure.
1: And it was North Central's homecoming. Yeah. So just there you like go. it was last year, just like it was this year. So it's loud, it's packed, it's energetic. North Central doesn't have football, so This is it. The way you treat kind of like, oh, the homecoming football game. North Central, it's, oh, the homecoming soccer game. So people were fired up. They were there. And, Ryan, soccer is such a frustrating sport in some ways. Yeah. Because you can dominate a game and you can lose. And sorry, not sorry, Northwestern (laughs) dominated this game. They outshot (laughs) them. They had more opportunities and – North Central just got that one goal that Northwestern wasn't able to get. I think Coach Greg Wheaton and his staff at the end of that game say, hey, we played a good game. We just couldn't get that ball past the keeper one time.
0: Yeah, it's a tough pill to swallow, David, and it's something that is hard to just say, okay, if we do these two things better next game, we'll win. When you get those grade A chances, you get those opportunities where you have the numbers going down the field – you got to convert, and I'm not going to pretend to know everything that happened in this game. Sorry, I wasn't able to watch it. It was a fantastic <laughs> you Saturday should, afternoon.
1: You should be sorry. Hey, I'm, you looking, should be
0: sorry. I'm looking forward to Thursday night. I'm <laughs> going to do my research before that one when they're taking on Crown. But you just hope what I'm looking to see is the bounce back, okay? It's going to be another dogfight in their second UMAC contest against one of those clubs who hits a little closer to home that you really want to beat, especially early in the season, this is a big one, David. Not just a home opener, but this early in the season. I'm not acting like you know everything's lost if you lose the game type of a thing, but there's a lot on the line in this home opener for Coach Wheaton's club to try to find a way, kind of get that monkey off the back a little bit. I mean, we saw their non-conference portion, David. They score the one on the penalty kick against Bethel, but then they weren't able to score against Wartburg and Augsburg. And I understand those are two highly highly talented clubs but early on in the season we're still waiting to see especially with so many guys leaving after last year they really like the talent they have with the underclassmen especially defensively but who's going to step up who's going to rise to the top and say hey I'm over here I'm going to find a way to put this ball in the back of the net and we're going to get cooking offensively
1: for sure and I think that's the one consolation too I coach Wheaton talked about this is a young team so the one thing he kind of has to teach them all how to play together again. And I think he's got to be happy. Hey, we outplayed a solid team in this conference North central. We have more shots. We have more opportunities. We just need to get that ball into the net. And, and they're going to figure it out. They're a really talented group. Somebody's going to get that ball into the back of the net and crown. I'm excited. Ryan on Thursday, that home conference opener crown tied Minnesota Morris one-to-one in their first game. So, again, the thing that sticks out to me, they only gave up one goal. Yep. So, another good defensive team here in Crown. And I'm excited to see Northwestern, they they are still looking for that offensive explosion. They've had chances. They've had opportunities. They're playing good soccer. They just need to start to see the floodgates open yep. and see those balls fly to the back of the net. And I think Thursday, I think it could happen, happen Thursday. I What's think- the score? I... <laughs> Okay, I thought that when we talked about the, the organization of this show, we were going to do this week, and then we were going to talk about We are going to get to it. So now you're you don't have predi- to do it now. You're you throwing don't have predictions at me here, so let me keep thinking about it, but let me say this. I think Northwestern's offense is going to get balls into the back of the net very soon, and I think it will start this Thursday. I think
0: Something to watch I'm not going
1: to make my score prediction yet. I'll save that for later, but... This is the game that Northwestern's offense is not just going to put up a goal. They're going to put up multiple goals. I'm saying that.
0: I hope you're right. I'm looking forward to it. I am right. I am (laughs) right. And talking
1: about an offensive explosion, do you want to talk about the the first game at downtown U, as they so affectionately call it? Yeah,
0: Elliott Park Field, you know, it was not all celebrations throughout the day for North Central. Northwestern kind of spoiled the party a little bit. Because obviously, ladies first, they started earlier on in the afternoon. Northwestern all over, North Central, and then some, I mean, 44 (laughs) shots on the afternoon. 29 of them were on goal. And this is going to be compelling to watch throughout the season, David. What we talked about in one of our past episodes, you were buying on the upperclassmen. I'm going to continue to watch these underclassmen. We're cheering for all of them. Okay, don't get me wrong. We are cheering (laughs) for all of them. But especially the underclassmen, Haley Merzberger. Throw the hats on the field. Do You think any Northwestern supporters were throwing their hat on the turf? Did they understand there was a hat trick? in the 61st minute. I think minute? they
1: probably understood it. I don't think they threw their hats. On okay. The field. Well I, it, some kind of a celebration. I mean, I mean, if you have a nice hat, I mean you, you Well, they can get, just it get it back. It's not gone forever. Yeah, Haley Merzberger <laughs> exploded. Um, and Ryan, I, I think this tandem of goal scores, the upperclassman Megan Moeller, the junior, paired with this freshman, Haley yeah. Merzberger. That is gonna be a nasty duo because the last Wisconsin year duo, yeah. Last year, uh, you would kind of you know say, all right, Megan Muller is 18 goals. The Eagles are getting some goals from their midfield too, but their main goal scorer up top, up yep. front, is Megan Moller. Now Coach Pettit has shifted some things around. His staff has changed some things. They kind of have Haley Mersberger and Megan Moeller up there together. And now you kind of have two goal scorers to worry about. And I think that's going to be really challenging for teams as they play Northwestern. And it was challenging for North Central because Haley Mersberger had three and Megan Moeller had two.
0: Yeah. They are tough to handle. And it didn't stop there. Maya Chan getting on the board as well, switching to midfield again this year. Good to see her with her first goal. And then Kaitlyn Dahl also for Northwestern. So just a resounding performance to open the conference. League. And
1: I want to bring one thing up too. On that night that Northwestern volleyball was playing Gustavus, the yeah. Eagles women's soccer team was in action and they were playing a really, really, really good team in Viterbo. Mm-hmm. And Megan Moeller had a goal that night. That was an absolute highlight. It was yeah. 35 yards out
0: way downtown.
1: She, she got the ball. I believe it actually was the freshman Haley Merzberger who passed it to her. She literally, she turned and Coach Pettit had told me before the game, the Viterbo goalie, she played very, very aggressive. So the coaching staff had told their players, if you look and see her 10, 15 yards out of the net, I just want you to send it and see what happens. Yep. And Megan, now I'm not sure he was necessarily thinking they'd try that 35 yards <laughs> out, uh, but yeah. Megan Muller's a really special player, so she can do it. So she gets the ball, she turns, she sees the goalie like 20 yards out of the goal She just fires it, and it was an unbelievable goal to put the Eagles on the board against Viterbo in a game that they did end up falling short. But I just wanted to shout out that goal because that was one of the the better highlights I've seen from this season so far.
0: Absolutely, and looking to see so much more from her and all her teammates throughout the rest of this season. They also in action with their conference home opener Thursday. Ladies first, 5 o'clock start. Get there. Reynolds Field should be fun. I think it's supposed to be really nice. I think it's supposed to be in the 60s, just like you and I like. Not that we're talking about the weather. But moving (laughs) on from there, cross-country, David, also in action. I mean, fall sports are just exploding everywhere. Everyone's competing in something. They were in action in Northfield most recently this past Saturday at the St. Olaf Invitational. Continuing to move along in their season, David, and we talked about it earlier. I mean, there's not a lot left. There's only two invites left, and then you're all of a sudden – at the UMAC tournament. So it's, it's coming fast and furious. Yeah,
1: you blink and it's over for cross country and also golf. I mean, that happens. Um, but yeah, both teams in action at the St. Olaf invite. And really, really competitive meet. Um, some nationally ranked teams there. Carlton, I believe it was on the women's side, won the meet. And uh, they're nationally ranked top 15 team. So it was really, really good competition. There were some some UMAC teams there as well. So it was good to kind of see where the Eagles lined up with those UMAC squads. And it was fun to see. I mean, we talked about it in our preview episode, Ryan, way back when. I mean, it feels a long time ago, but it was probably only a couple (laughs) weeks ago. Uh, The women's side has a lot of new faces. And we're just really seeing all these new faces in action Caroline Ringsmuth, um, she was the top finisher for the Eagles and this was the first 6k race for a lot of these girls career. Um, so everything they put up was a personal best. So yeah, that's always fun. Um, but Caroline was able to break the 28 minute mark. Emma Fashant, who really has exploded onto the scene for the Eagles. She's been a really strong runner so far. Her and Colleen grief. Um, again, I might be messing up some of these names, sadly. Um, but just because we haven't hosted a meet, so we don't have all the, the pronunciations down. But they were right around the 28-minute mark as well. So just a really, really strong showing from these new women's cross-country runners who really have done a nice job in their first career uh, season running for Coach Thiessen and his staff. Then on the men's side, it's more familiar faces. Nathan Franz had his best performance of the season. Um, the junior, it was a season-best performance. They were running an 8K and he was under 32 minutes to lead Northwestern. And then behind him is Jake and Ke- Jacob Kephart and Colin McDonald. McDonald's had a really strong start to the year. He's led the Eagles in a couple meets so far, and they were both kind of right around the 33-minute mark. Uh, Kephart was a little bit uh, below the 33-minute mark. Um, so, yeah, it, it's, it's a different story for each squad. It's more experienced runners. For men's cross country, it's some newer runners on the women's side.
0: And next up for both of them, actually, they'll be taking place in the uh, Blue Gold cross-country invite taking place in Wisconsin. That one not happening till the 30th, but it, yeah. it's it's getting down to it. So I know Coach Thiessen and his club, they're not just sitting there waiting for the 30th. They're practicing and trying to for sure. change their it, best, as they it, like to say, and, it, and get better and better. It's
1: a little – the schedule is a little strange, Ryan, because – they only have two invites left before that UMAC championship, but it's very spread out. The UMAC championship isn't until October 29th. So they have a few weeks off right now. And then September 30th, they are running in that blue gold invite, like you said. Then they have a couple more weeks off. October 14th, they're in St. Bonnie uh, to run in Crown's invite. And then they have a few more weeks off. And then they're in the UMAC championship on October 29th. So it's a little more spread out than maybe golf is or some of these other sports.
0: And how about the different feel? And some people aren't going to like it when I say this, but you know, you it's talk in the, about the weather again. It's in, talking the, about the weather? it's in the lower seventies in their last I, I, invitational. And you're going to be competing for all the marbles of the UBAC championship, October 29th in St. Bonnie. It could be, be 41 cool. and windy. Like how, how are you supposed to run in that? I don't understand. it. I don't get it.
1: Yeah. They do it. I mean, <laughs> I know I mean, they but, do it. Well, it's they're kind warriors. Kind of, yeah. Ryan, I, I hate to disagree with you. <laughs> I think they might like it more the colder yeah winter. okay i think cross country runners like it i mean it kind of it speeds you up a little bit you're yeah. cold you're running you got to
0: loosen up the muscles I though you gotta would, stretch for longer i mean
1: you take that ryan or would you rather run outside right now which they no. probably are doing in hey, practice and it's but i'm degrees. a terrible
0: example i don't like 85 i'm a horrible I don't example
1: i don't <laughs> either but we okay we have <laughs> To stop talking about the weather. Hey, or it plays into the sport, Nobody's going to listen to us. It I plays mean, into the sport. They're going to think we're like a Care 11 <laughs> weather podcast. I mean, what are we doing? We cannot talk about the weather this much.
0: We're painting a picture, and it's part of the picture. <laughs> That's just how I'll leave right. it. Move us along. Moving on next to golf. It's Pausing for a moment. No, football. Let's do football first. Let's do
1: football. Let's do, football. Let's do the gridiron.
0: A lot has changed, David, since we last talked the last time that we did a recap episode. It was before Northwestern was taking on Concordia University in Wisconsin. And now they've played both Concordia and UW-River Falls, both on the road. That one was this past weekend. And I think we got to start, David. Unfortunately for Northwestern, there's a new quarterback under center taking snaps and leading the troops, and it's not in a way that anyone would like it to happen just really unfortunate.
1: Yeah, unfortunately, Nick Drinken, Northwestern's starting quarterback, went out with an injury. And, you know, you just hate to see that in any sport, in any position. But, again, things get magnified when you're a football quarterback. I mean, yep. that's just – is it fair? I, I don't know. But nope. when you're a football quarterback, you're the one who kind of is, is running the show. So yeah. anytime – again, you watch NFL. Are they talking about the great performances? Are they paying – You know. Certain guys, or are they talking about the quarterbacks? And they're always talking about the quarterbacks. So whenever there's an injury to that position, it hurts. So that's very, very unfortunate. Fortunately for Northwestern, they have a freshman who is well up to the task. He came in, in in-game, against Concordia, Wisconsin, and threw a couple touchdowns. He made some plays. Then, Ryan, this freshman comes in. His first-ever start is on the road at the number 17 team in the country – who last year the Eagles played, and they really struggled to move the ball on at times, UW-River Falls, and all he does is throw for more than 300 yards, a couple touchdowns, long touchdowns, and wins UMAC Offensive Player of the Week. So pretty strong debut for Caden Cantrell under center.
0: Absolutely. I don't think you could have asked for anything more for a freshman straight out of the water. I mean, he's a true freshman. He's being thrown I mean, right into it, the they fire. Threw,
1: they threw it 44 times. Yeah, I love it. Yeah. I, I love the aggressiveness. It's like, hey, we've got this quarterback. He's new. It's his first ever start. Are we going to hand it off a bunch? No. River Falls is too good. You can't hand it off a bunch. Yep. It's not going to work. you got to throw the ball down the field. He throws it 44 times, completes 24 of them, 349 yards in his debut, Three touchdowns, and, again, these touchdowns were all long. I mean, they were bombs to Bryce and James and Bo Burke and Damon yeah. Clapper.
0: 57 and 36-yarder, yeah. Yep, and uh,
1: Mike Bostrom was the Eagles' leading receiver in this game. So it's an embarrassment of riches. I am telling you, Northwestern's skill position group, Bostrom, James, Clapper, Burke, and then even Will Schleicher caught a pass for Northwestern. And then you're not even talking about the running backs, uh, Staten, um, and clef Um, so just so many good skill position weapons for Northwestern. That is going to be their strength on offense this season.
0: Yeah, and those are the positives you take away and build into the future, David, because like you mentioned, if we're just being honest, it's, it's a heavy uphill battle at UW-River Falls. Now, you never walk into a building and just saying, we don't got any chance to win this football game. We understand that coming in. Let's just get out of here. No, you obviously always believe when you walk in, but you want to have some takeaways when you look it back watch the film, and understand what can we use from this game to build into the next matchup, which is Hope College coming here Saturday at noon for homecoming. We're going to talk about that in a moment.
1: For sure. And, Ryan, I know this game ended 63-27. to Do not get it twisted at all. River Falls, number 17 in the country, top 20 team. This game was close. In the fourth quarter, yeah. Bo Burt catches a 36-yard touchdown from Cantrell. That makes it 35-20. to just so everybody knows, that's a two-possession game, yep. yep. you know, two game in the fourth quarter. Last year, I won't talk about what happened, but it wasn't a two-possession game in the fourth quarter last year. This Northwestern team came to play on the road yes. against the top-20 team in the country. Then again, River Falls comes down and scores. Then the Eagles score again. Another this time answer. it's Clapper, 19 yep. yards from Cantrell. This freshman quarterback... Is saying, hey, I got the weapons. Yeah. I'm not afraid of a top twenty team in the country. And
0: and I'm how about going the, at you. Look at those two drives you just mentioned, David. One of them. You're going like a butter-through knife down the field four, in three and a half minutes. Four plays, 75 yards. Yeah. And then the next one, the clapper touchdown, a buck forty. They're moving it, the ball quickly. Yeah, it it's
1: it's crazy. It's impressive. Um yeah, and again, that Clapper touchdown made it forty-two to twenty-seven, two-possession game with ten minutes left in the game. Yep. Now, again, River Falls scored some touchdowns down the stretch, and they're a really good team. So don't you know, don't <laughs> talk about like we're saying they're not really good. They are very, very, very good. But Northwestern came to play, and they played a really good game, and they turned over River Falls a few times. Brad Kalinski had a pick-six. They forced a fumble around midfield. Northwestern played well, and that has me really excited for another rematch from last year, their last non-conference game of the season, Hope College on homecoming. Wait, Hope College? Have um, we
0: talked about them in this pod? That sounds similar. Yes, we have. <laughs> and they're going to be
1: mad. They're going to be mad. Why are they going to be mad? Because we beat them in volleyball. We're we beat their a, top 10 team. We're they're, giving them pub. They're, co- <laughs> they're coming back for revenge. <laughs> we're giving them bulletin board material. We knocked them off in volleyball. So they're going to be <laughs> mad coming up here in football. So whatever
0: our, floats their boat. <laughs> our guys our guys are going
1: to be ready for the challenge. I really like this football team.
0: Yeah, yeah, some uh, some excitement to look at for sure. And I just I appreciate the irony of this, David. You got Caden Cantrell coming in. Probably, you know, didn't think he was necessarily going to play this soon. But he's going to school in the Twin Cities. He's from Arizona. Okay, that's the first question I'd have. Next, he went to a high school. It's called Snowflake. <laughs> Is Caden from Snowflake going to play in the snow later this year, November the 12th, season finale at Reynolds Field, hosting Martin Luther? We eventually are going to get Boomer Repke in this chair next to us, in this studio, and we're going to talk to him because he was so excited in August saying, I love this quarterback room. These new guys coming in along with Nick. I mean, these guys are so competitive. They're so talented. We've recruited really hard. And now it's like, okay, let's see what you got. Caden's going to play a lot more than maybe a lot of people expected, but... It's your show, young man. Let's see what you got. This kid is either you know, 17, 18 years
1: old, however old you know college freshmen are. <laughs> and he has a grown-up arm. I mean, yeah. you, you saw him. He's slinging that ball everywhere. He can make every type of throw into any type of window. Really, really impressive.
0: Yeah, two-time high school state champion. And also,
1: and, I'm starting to wonder if you talking about his high school snowflake <laughs> is talking about the weather again, but I'll give you a pass this time.
0: Yeah, he will give me a pass. No promises I'm not going to bring it up again. It's just it's it's a part of it. It's a part of it. I'm not going to ever promise to not bring up the weather. Anyway, moving along past that, now the golf, okay? And also talking about how timely this is, David. They are literally competing right now as we speak, as we are recording this, and they're in a good position. I'm just going to stop right there because you're getting updates almost by the hour, by the half hour, by those who are in Woodbury right now at Eagle Valley Golf Club.
1: I wouldn't say by the hour. High-level
0: golf competition. I would
1: say by the day. Okay. (laughs) I got got updates (laughs) of how yesterday went. I I wouldn't say I'm getting by the hour updates. But Northwestern men's golf, this is a big tournament for both the men and women. The winner of this is at the NCAA regional. If you win this regional, Ryan, you go to the NCAA national tournament in Florida. These kids are playing they're in Minnesota. It's going to get cold. <laughs> Shout out to Ryan the weather guy. It's going to get cold soon. You are playing for a trip to Florida. Tell yeah. me tell me that doesn't mean something. Absolutely. Um, so uh, this is an important tournament. The men coming into today led by 11 strokes so a really, really good chance for them to win this tournament. The Northwestern women played really, really well. They're fighting for second place right now. Bethel of Indiana has a really, really, really strong women's golf team. And it seems like they have a pretty sizable lead. And that's probably going to be hard to pass up. But again, we know how good this Northwestern women's golf team is. They just won the UMAC preview a week ago. Yeah. Um, and they're fighting now, you know, for at the top of the leaderboard in this NCCAA regional um, against a really good NAIA uh, Bethel of Indiana team. So, again, yeah, exciting, exciting couple days for Northwestern golf, both on the men and women's side.
0: And a shout out and full disclosure here, David, you're going to have to correct me if I say this incorrectly. Shane, is it Seifert or Seifert named golfer of the week in the UMAC for Northwestern?
1: <laughs> I think, I think
0: Seifert. 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 So he, he meddled in that triangular event they had with Bethany Lutheran and Crown. He was the best golfer there. He shot two over par, 74, so shout out to Shane. Lots of young talent on that men's squad. And, hey, both of them, David, could find a way to be playing postseason golf. You can do it through the, what do you like to call it, the A competition happening this week, or go to the NC2As if you win the UMAC.
1: For sure. Real quick, what sounds more catchy? NCCAA super clumsy and and bad or N-double-C-double-A, clean cut smooth
0: I, I got gotcha. you thank yeah. you awesome yeah.
1: I appreciate that no Shane's playing really really well um the women's yeah I mean you're right Ryan I mean there's two really good options here and that's why. You know, you you really like that Northwestern's a part of the NCAA and the NCCAA because you have a couple chances at postseason play, which is what it's all about. I mean, kids want to be playing in the postseason. Absolutely. So uh, that's a lot of fun. Shane Seaford, he's a really good golfer. I mean, he. Won again. The UMAC phrased it as he meddled in that triangular. He won. That he tri- won the thing. He won that yeah. triangular. I mean, yep. I, I guess that is meddling. But he won that thing. Let's Two not, over seventy four. That's good. Let's not say he meddled it and make it sound like he finished in third. No, he, he was at
0: the top of the podium, he, and the he, anthem of Northwestern was played.
1: Exactly. <laughs> the,
0: <laughs> the seriousness on your face as you said
1: that uh, just killed me. Uh, I I do think this is a tangent. At one point, Professor Sawyer. Yeah. Him and former head coach Kirk Talley wrote a Northwestern. Wow.
0: We need to hear this. I've never heard it. I
1: (laughs) I should do some digging. We need to go to our our uh, veteran staff members and see if they can find that verse or that song. But that song was written at one point. So we might need to try to track that.
0: We'll get the research team on that
1: for sure. So no exciting time for the golf teams, like you said.
0: All right. Let's look ahead, David because it's a busy rest of the week, too, here both on campus and on the road for Northwestern Athletics Clubs. We mentioned it's homecoming week. I mean, that makes you and I emotional. As you said earlier, we're both alums. and I it's, got
1: a tear <laughs> in my eye right now. <laughs> it's, it's,
0: it's big for a number of different reasons. Since Literally we're on golf.
1: in the studio.
0: <laughs> since we're on golf, let's stay on golf, David, all right? So they have that big competition happening early this week in Woodbury at Eagle Valley Golf Club. They're also heading across the border to Jansville, Wisconsin for a UW-Whitewater invite. That one taking place Friday into Saturday as well. So best of luck to them there. And they're just continuing to try to build and build and build because much like cross-country, David, the end is coming soon. In just a few weeks, all the chips are going to be on the table. You got to snatch them up in Becker and be playing your best golf in two weeks. For sure. And golf
1: and cross-country are different types of sports than maybe football, volleyball, soccer. Because in those games, you know, in those sports, I should say, the regular season's really important. You gotta, you know, win the, your regular season conference games to make the conference tournament. In football, I mean, there's no conference tournament. You, the regular season determines a champion. Yep. In golf and cross country, the regular season is very important, but it's in a different way. Yep. It, it's not like, oh, we need to do this in the regular season to make the playoffs. I mean, everybody is going to the UMAC championship. What the regular season is for in golf and cross country is build up your game and your skill set so that when you make it to the UMAC championship in a month or half a month or whenever it is, you are playing your best golf or you're running your best cross country, right? So that's, they're going to Janesville, Whitewater. I mean, they're going to want to win it. They're going to want to do really well, but everything right now, they had the UMAC preview last week. They saw the men's team finish second. The women's team won it, but yeah. barely by a couple strokes. Right now, Coach Ani and his staff, I guarantee you what they're telling them in, you know, this NCC tournament's a little different because they're playing for a chance to go to Florida. But when they go to Whitewater on Friday, I guarantee you, their staff is telling them, we need to play in a way, we need to improve ourselves so that we just keep the trajectory going up so yes. that when we get to Becker at Pebble Creek, In early October, we are firing on all cylinders, and we are ready to win the UMAC championship and go to the NCAA tournament.
0: My favorite, one of my favorite analogies is just what you said. You're scaling a mountain. It is not time to peak. What's the weather you like? You don't want to peak. Well, it's getting colder as you go up near the top. It gets tougher because of altitude. You know, all of a sudden, you're going up on that ascent. David, Man, you're you wearing shorts re- and a t-shirt. You, can, you, you get to the top, you're you wearing sweats and a sweatshirt. I mean, it's it's cold up there. So, no, they're they're preparing for that moment. But you don't want to peak right now. It's the art of peaking. You talk about it all the time in basketball season. We'll figure some things out in November and December. Sure, we want to beat Bethel on Saturday night, the 12th. Absolutely. But we want to be playing our best ball on that final weekend of February, and go peaking into March.
1: For sure. I, that's a big thing that we talk about, um, definitely, is, is working your way up so you're playing your best at the end of the season. It just gets amplified in those sports because the regular season doesn't qualify you for the playoffs.
0: Absolutely. So golf in action this weekend, as I mentioned. We're going to get to the stuff on campus. As I already said, before we get to Saturday, I mean, the next thing coming is Thursday evening, under the lights, Reynolds Field. Hope you can get out and watch it. Of course, if you can't, all the action will be covered, Lord willing, on the Eagles Sports Network. Who's calling that game? I, I will be Lord willing. If Let's I'm able go. to get up there and be there, we'll, we'll, uh, we'll make it a good production on the Eagles Sports Network. That is the goal. Crown College, double dip, five, and then shortly after the first one finishes can, near 730.
1: Can I add one thing on that? Yep. Men's soccer, we talked about it. Crown tied Morris one-to-one. Women's soccer, Ryan, Crown beat Minnesota Morris four to zero in women's soccer. Wow. So get ready for a battle yeah. on Reynolds field. Shootout? It could be for sure, but <laughs> definitely one of the best teams in the conference. If you're knocking off Minnesota Morris four to zero, I would think that you're going to be in the mix when it comes to UMAC tournament teams. So a, a big game for both. The women are trying to keep it going. They want to go 2-0. and The men want to get back on track. They want to get their first win. So it's some really compelling games when it comes to uh, men's and women's soccer on Thursday, and Ryan, one thing that everybody who knows Northwestern athletics knows: when you play Crown, Crown really wants to beat Northwestern. and yep. I'll just put it at that. I'll <laughs> leave it there.
0: We'll leave it there. Also, in action on Thursday evening, volleyball club on the road, ho hum, trying to keep it going along. You said they're eleven and zero right now, correct? Uh, yes. Trying to move to twelve and zero.
1: Yes, they are. And I'm. I've been refreshing the volleyball thing and. The rankings are out. Oh, sound the alarm. Breaking news. Sound the alarm. And can you just remind everybody what I guessed they would be ranked
0: at? You said it earlier if people were listening, but I will remind you, he predicted they will be number three in the land. So let me read here. Number one, remaining at number
1: one, 10-0 undefeated Claremont-Mudd-Scripps from out west. California number two moving up from three to two they have a couple losses on the season but their quality of wins are really really strong so they've moved up from three to two Trinity Texas at number two at number three your favorite volleyball team in the country 11 and 0 coming off a week in which they beat three top 10 teams Ranked number seven last year, (laughs) last year, my dramatic reading. I just messed it up. Ranked number seven last week, moving up four spots. Who could it be? (laughs) The University of Northwestern, St. Paul Eagles. Let's go. Number three in the country, their highest ranking since 2017 when they were number two in the country the University of Northwestern back in that top three. How about that Ryan?
0: Big news big news and I know what they want to keep on ascending when we talk about that and they want to be playing their best ball in November but they don't have to apologize for what they've done so far well deserved for them and uh, looking forward to this week's matchups for Northwestern. And just to give a little bit of context
1: Calvin who Northwestern beat holds steady at number five eight and two on the year. they are still number five in the country. Let's scroll down a little bit. <laughs> uh, Eau Claire, who the Eagles play later this season, they're number 13. Gustavus Adolphus, who Northwestern swept 3 to 0. They moved from 8 to number 14, 9 and 2 on the season. Wisconsin Whitewater, who the Eagles play this season, they're ranked number 15. Hope, who was number 9 when the Eagles beat them, they are now 8 and 3. They are now number 17 in the country and Augsburg, who the Eagles play this season number 21 and that wraps it up. Warburg is not And I'm sure I'm Wartburg sure Warburg th- is receiving votes. I'm sure 20.
0: there will be a press release and a write up at UNWEagles.com.
1: Yeah, thank you for reminding me that I have to go write that. So, when when uh, this is
0: you. when this pod is released, I'm sure that'll already be up if folks want to check it out if you're listening to this right now and haven't checked it out yet. UNWEagles.com to find all that good stuff on your Northwestern clubs. So, as I was mentioning, they're competing Thursday night, the 22nd, on the road at Morris, trying to go 3-0 in UMAC play. They also will be on the road, David, on homecoming Saturday. Unfortunately, they won't be home here on campus. They will be on the road at St. Ben's Saturday afternoon for a little UMAC v. Mayak to try to remain undefeated. So best of luck to Coach Wilmuth and her all righty. We're moving on to the main day, the main event, David, before we wrap this thing up. One more reminder, folks. Saturday. This coming Saturday, the 24th of September, it is homecoming Saturday. Last I checked, it'll be 72 degrees with just a few clouds in the sky. A gorgeous day. I think they're doing the petting zoo again. Yep, I don't know what's in are. the petting zoo. I won't guess the animals they, again, but there. <laughs> maybe <laughs> What do you mean guess the animals again? In a, in a I, previous pod, it, I mentioned a llama, and you looked at me and said, I don't know if it was a llama.
1: Oh, I don't remember that.
0: So, anyway, check that out. Obviously, hope you uh, have a great time here on campus. But football's playing at noon, hosting Hope College. Women's soccer follows them when they clean things up after that matchup near 4 o'clock, and then following that one to close up shop, to close out the evening under the lights. Men's soccer against Minnesota Morris, where last year on the Reynolds Field turf, it was a walk-off winner for your Eagles. So is it going to live up to the hype, David? Homecoming Saturday. It's rare that we ever have back-to-back Saturdays in September where there are no home events. I know you and all your colleagues across the way in the athletics office have been complaining, saying, what are we doing on these Saturdays in September? We need home athletic events. (laughs) We're back.
1: Yeah, as I had my feet kicked up watching the, uh, watching college football on Saturday, I said, man, why are we not working today? Uh, but No, it, it is. I mean, you're right, Ryan. It is. It was weird not having any home events the last two Saturdays. In the fall, you want to be out at Reynolds Field. You want to be inside the Erickson Center. You want to be watching these fall teams play. And we are back on Saturday. To answer your question, is it going to live up to the hype? It always does, regardless of how these games go. Whether Northwestern goes 3-0 and or, you know, you'd hate to see don't it. Don't say but, it. No, oh, just don't uh, say you know, it. <laughs> but I'm just saying, Ryan, whether they go 3-0 and or 0-3, it's always a fun afternoon. There's going to be Chick-fil-A in the concession stand. Whoa. It's going to be popping. What There's else? There's going to be uh, animals to pet <laughs> out okay. in the uh, petting zoo. What else? There's going to be different booths and stuff set up. <laughs> if you say what else again, I'm going to throw something at you. Uh, it's going to be a really fun day. Weather should be good because I know that's all you care about. Um, I did in my latest check see a slight chance of rain, okay, but that's okay. It's not like it's going to be you know a, a thunderstorm or anything like that. Just a little bit of rain, which that that's not going to. I've never heard things. anyone. Yeah. There's a little picnic going on between the football and soccer games, so there's a lot going on. If you're a Northwestern supporter, especially if you're a Northwestern alum, come out to Reynolds Field. This Saturday, we want to see you and trust me, you want to see these Northwestern athletes compete. This football team is legit. They are on the up and coming. I think it's going to be a good game against hope. Hope is a really, really good team. Coming off a close loss last week, they're going to be fired up. They're going to want to play really well. But guess what? So are our guys. Our guys are going to give them a really
0: good game. In in front of a sellout crowd, hopefully. That should give them a little boost. Ryan Mitchell
1: on the mic on UNWEagles.com if you can't make it down. And then the soccer games, playing Minnesota Morris, who is always a really, really good team, both men's and women's soccer. Top of the UMAC, going to be a really good team. Uh, soccer doubleheader there as well. And then volleyball on the road too. So number three team in the country on the road. Uh, You can always watch that online as well. So a lot of action does not get any better than that, Ryan.
0: Absolutely. Hope you can uh, join in on all the fun and make it out here to the heart of the Twin Cities on the Northwestern St. Paul campus. You know where it is. I always explain to people where it is. If you're listening to this podcast, you know where campus is. So we would uh, love to have you out here. I will say, don't don't try rolling in at like eleven fifty three and yeah, expecting not to get be... a seat in in the stadium. So get here yeah. early or or or, or parking. Or a parking spot. We encourage you to get here early. Here's your PSA: Do not wait till the last second. Get here early for parking and to make sure you have a good seat in the Reynolds Field stands. And if you see David buzzing around on the football field, he's going to keep everything in order. If anyone's behaving unruly or anything's going on, there's any shenanigans, he'll he'll put down the hammer. He'll yeah, lay down so, the law. And... So
1: don't test me if you're listening to this. <laughs> Don't cause any problems in those football we'll, stands. We'll be, be buzzing around.
0: I'll be up in the press box. If you see us and want to chat, I, I'd be more than more than happy to chat if we have some time to do so. So hope you enjoyed all the conversation today. I know it may have been long-winded, but, David, there was a lot to cover, and we, we got more things in the works. Rest assured, if you're listening right now thinking, when are more guests coming, more athletes, more coaches, we are working diligently to try to figure out a plan moving forward, to try to get more of them here in studio with us to have those conversations that we know you so appreciate at home. So rest assured, we are doing our best to make that happen. Hey, David, I want to give a quick shout-out to your brother.
1: Yeah, the only person who's ever emailed our inbox. Shout him out, David. Shout him out, though. I I appreciate (laughs) my brother, Matthew, emailing us, telling us that he listens to every episode and that we're doing a great job. I appreciate that. But I need somebody who is not related to me to email us. Ryan, give the email again.
0: UNWFlyingPOD at gmail.com. That's UNWFLYINGPOD. That's UNWFlyingPOD, all one word. At gmail.com. You can send us anything. You can put us on the spot to answer a question. You have predictions. You want to make your statement and say, I want my prediction put up on the bulletin board in your studio. We can do that. Literally anything.
1: And 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 do not tell me that people aren't listening. And that's why we're not getting emails. No, people are listening. (laughs) I can see the listening numbers. I mean, there's hundreds and hundreds of people are downloading these episodes and listening to them, not to brag. Uh, Northwestern Athletics has a big yeah. fan base. People are listening to this. You guys just aren't emailing in, and I need to hear from you. This is your podcast. Yes. This is the Northwestern the Eagles podcast. Yes. This is the UNW Nation podcast. Email us. Tell us what you want us to talk about. Ask us questions. Tell us we're wrong. Uh, tell Ryan he's wrong. <laughs> <laughs> uh, let us know what is on your mind when it comes to Northwestern Athletics. We want to hear from you. Matthew, feel free to keep emailing in, buddy. <laughs> I appreciate you.
0: There we go. I don't have anything else left to say no, again. Ryan, great job, man. You great, killed it. Great job to you as well. That was fun to break all things down for Northwestern Athletics. Should be a fun rest of the week as well. We hope you are flying with us and encourage you to share the podcast with others as well. Have a great rest of your week. We will catch you next time on UNW Athletics. You are flying with DP and Ryan. Peace out.